Welcome, heathens and witches, to the uh, Horn and Cauldron podcast. Yeah, I'm John Norgrove, and this is Julie Norgrove, and we're here to uh, share some witchy, heathen, and um, otherwisely sorted and metaphysical metaphysical knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Probably get into a little herbalism at some point in time, just do all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, if you're catching us on um, your podcast listening apparatus, thank you very much. Uh, if you're catching us on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, do all that kind of such. Um, if you would like to support more creative content like this, you can hit us up on Patreon. And uh, with all of that plugging out of the way, even though I'm, I know I'm already like, I know I'm forgetting some plugging. Uh, let's get into today's topic, <laughs> which is beginning tarot reading or tarot reading, if you want to sound fancy. No, it's definitely tarot. I think it's tarot. It's definitely Definitely like Karak, tarot. Tarot. Like Ciroc? Isn't that a isn't that a alcoholic beverage? I don't know. Sarica Vulcan is a No, Ciroc, I think. Character it's an from Star beverage. Trek, but that's really me just yeah. showing how much of a freaking nerd I am. Yeah. Uh, um, so anywho, back Jeez, to the tarot reading. Um, <laughs> so uh, what is what is tarot? What so tarot is, tarot? is a um, uh, a type of basically fortune telling um, with a very specific deck of cards. So you can do fortune telling or divina- divination with a variety of different things, including standard playing cards. But tarot readings go very specifically for a certain type of decks. Uh, and a tarot card is uh, is uh, made up of 78 cards. A tarot deck. Yeah, I don't know what I said, but that's what I meant. Uh, (laughs) Guess that's an option. (laughs) It's made up of 78 cards. That is 22 major arcana. And uh, then the the remainder 56 are uh, court cards. So that's four suits of 14 cards and in each suit there are four uh like actual court cards there so uh tarot actually originated in 15th century italy it seems to me like it like both wow that's a super long time but also wow that's not very long ago for as uh, mysterious as as tarot really feels well but if it took form in 15th century Italy. It was logically informed by something previous, right? So, a lot of times in occult practices, first aside, we're not even five minutes in, guys, first aside. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try not to do these, but just deal with it. Trust me. Knowledge is good. Um, so, so the thing is, is that a lot of times when you get into these, um, into occultery, as it were, um, so... Uh, Something will be presented initially with a with like significant profundity and like depth of of history and such, and you may find out that the depth of history isn't quite as deep as you thought. But one also has to assume it wasn't that as though somebody invented a PlayStation Five in 15th century Italy, right? <laughs> they didn't just they didn't just like create out of nothingness this like absolute piece of completely different and for the time being illogical thing, right? So when when you say something's originated in 15th, 15th century Italy, right? That is, f- first of all, probably most likely like a linguistic thing, but 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 also. 
oftentimes it's like, okay, like tarot as we like know and respect and love it today is a thing that exists, you know, that was invented at a specific point in time. But that doesn't mean that a hundred percent of its constituent parts did not exist in some form or another in the past and one guy was like that's super gangster but what if instead of just like blank pieces of paper we use pieces of paper with fun pictures on it and they're like that's the thing that makes it a lot easier to learn we figured it out guys well i mean Done. that makes sense right? because or something to that extent really what we're looking at is like when we have some sort of example or um, surviving artifact of tarot mm -hmm. and really the earliest decks they were all hand painted uh i mean so you got to look at it as like not a lot of people back in the 1400s had the ability to have paper or thick paper or um, even have the ability to uh, illustrate something like that. So I feel like, although the knowledge, the information isn't really out there, I feel like it was primarily somebody who would have like inherited something like that, but probably from somebody who was quite well off. You know, this doesn't really seem like it was easy. You know, you can't just like get a rock and scratch into it. I mean, I mean but, you can, but but, but this the, is this is the, the main right? of it is a we, lot. We we, lot we gotta difficult. not assume that just because something was old timey that people had a difficult time accessing that particular thing, regardless of the fact that a lot of things were difficult to yeah. access now, by old timey people. The... I mean, like <laughs> like pieces of bark. Pieces That's true. of birch, That's true. like well, this shit's a thing already. Uh, or rocks with pictures on it that represent yeah. the things that well, we're talking about. Well, you and about. I have looked at other variations of of tarot decks, and that's primarily for going to wasteland and really blending into wasteland. Uh, and having a post-apocalyptic style tarot deck. And mm -hmm. for those of you that don't know what Wasteland is, Wasteland Weekend is a uh, fully themed post-apocalyptic event. Uh, it's a lot like uh, Mad Max uh, oh. in the in the California desert. I like to say it's Mad Max plus Burning Man, but I've never been to Burning Man, so I can't really say for certainty there. But Wasteland is fantastic. We enjoy going to Wasteland, and we like to go in a fully immersive uh, way. So where everything that we're doing is themed into the post-apocalyptic post future. Mm -hmm. And you would imagine that they wouldn't have as much access to paper or, you know, stuff like that then. So we've really looked into a lot of different ways that you could sort of have a tarot deck that way. And there just really aren't a lot of great options to be able to like put together 78 cards. Like the, the best we could figure was 22. And even then that was kind of pushing it because mm -hmm. you're looking at, well, how do you shuffle these cards? Are they made out of veneer? Is it like plastic sheeting? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of weird pieces uh, associated with that, but I digress. So, um, when the printing press was invented, though, tarot really exploded. And that also sure. happened in the 15th century. So the printing press was invented in the year 1440. And uh, not too long before the printing press was invented, the um, the invention of block printing happened, too. So, you know, it, it really around the 13 or 1400s, people were able to have the craftsmanship to be able to create these and distribute them other than, you know, one-off right you know like illustrating a set of cards and uh, really those kind of illustrations were pretty much taken for those that were nobles as well as those for the clergy and for the church so you're really looking at this huge popularity um, that started at the uh, essentially advent of black block printing and the printing press and just sort of 
continued uh, throughout the Middle Ages. It's been just on a steady upswing, uh, and that's actually really neat because with a lot of this occult stuff, it's really old and you see that it was really popular and then something happened and then it drops off and then it resurges again. But tarot has basically been on a steady upswing since it was invented. Um, now, the word tarot has no known etymology, but it came from, but it, but it comes from the Italian word tarocci. Um, now, they don't know exactly where that word comes from, but they think that it possibly comes from the major arcana from from the tarot. So the major arcana were known as uh, trump cards. So a trump card is not orange man, but a trump card is a card that, that trumps, trumps another card. card. So yeah. is is higher than another card. Trump, so um so you know when you're looking at standard playing cards, a king trumps a queen who trumps a jack, that sort of thing. So you're yeah. looking at the major arcana cards oh. trumping those lower cards. Trump. And uh, and and trump cards were called triomphi. So they think that the word tarocci probably evolved out of a need to differentiate between a tarot deck and a playing card deck. Really, the popularity and availability of standard playing cards and tarot are kind of like twins. Mm -hmm. So they think that, you know, you, you probably had to make a different, you know, understand which one was which because one has... 52 cards i think uh and then the other one has 78 cards so there's a difference there as well as initially these these cards were not used as divinatory or you know type of things they were not used to do any magical stuff they were used to play card games uh, so they needed something now um in, uh, in the late 1700s, the popularity of tarot boomed even more so than it previously had. And this is partially because of the printing press being so f so widely circulated around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it became a lot more available for people. Uh, and uh, we this is when we start to see references to the tarot having divinatory meanings. Mm -hmm. So this is probably right around that time where so many people had it that they decided to do something else with it. So, in 1781, a Swiss clergyman published this book called Le Monde Primitif, uh, The Primitive World. Uh, and in it, he talked about religious symbolism and its survival in the modern world. And one of those things that he talked about in this book was the tarot. Uh, and when he thinks primitive, he thinks that any religion that isn't, um, you know, Christianity primitive, right? So, when he, what he's doing... I mean, guys. Right? These fucking whatever. people? Yeah, what even? Um, <laughs> so he he <laughs> posited that the tarot came actually from the Egyptian words tar, which means royal, and row, which means road, and that it was the royal road to wisdom and unlocking the secrets of Isis and, and Thoth. Mm. And we'll come back to this Egyptian thing and Isis and Thoth in, in, in a little bit, but he was really the first one to say, like, hey, maybe this is from, the, from other mysterious ancient religions. <clears throat> and... In the 19th century, uh, a French occultist who was named uh, Eliphas Levi, he posited a link between the tarot and the Kabbalah. 
uh, and he believed that the tarot was connected to the Kabbalistic tree of life, which has 22 paths that coincide with the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And so Illuminati happened. Um, the thing is, is tarot's origins are so far back and so shrouded in mystery that we just don't really know. So, you know, good luck figuring that out. Yeah. What we do know, though, is that the Joker card in the standard playing card deck has no relation to the Fool card in tarot. Uh, the Joker card appeared in the U.S. around 1857. So, like, I'm guessing around the height of the Wild West times. So I feel like maybe the first guy to add a Joker into a deck was just like, this card can do anything because I need to cheat and win. It has nothing to do with tarot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which I think is I mean, pretty maybe. funny. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So within the tarot, we have uh, the major arcana, and these are your your big concept cards. These are um, divine feminine and divine masculine power, the power of love and death and rebirth and, and fortune and inspiration and, and all that stuff. So these are your heavy hitters. Uh, it's been said that these represent the fool's journey, which is a symbolic journey through life in which the fool overcomes obstacles and gains wisdom. Some of those are um, through death and some of those are using death as an allegory. So there's a lot of really interesting fool's, fool's journey type of concepts associated with it. And um, the Major Arcana has 22 cards. I put this list down in the show notes so that I could read all 22 of them. I am not going to read all 22 of them. <laughs> They're in the show notes. They're in the show notes. Yeah. So go and take a look at those or just look it up on the internet. Um, <laughs> so that's the Major Arcana. The Minor Arcana. I mean, we can read all of them right now. Do you want to read them all? No. Yeah, see, I looked at How that How fast list. can you read him? It's uh, it's like... Um, Ooh, okay. It's uh, Hold on, hold on. Are we going to do that? No, is that, no. is that what's on, happening hold now? Hold on, listen. Okay. Listen, I'm going to read him so fast you don't even know. Ah! <laughs> <You're all right. laughs> yeah. That's not how that Family works. Family Guy made that joke like 25 <laughs> years ago. So, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're not going to read him. I just wanted to make that joke. Let's move on to the minor arcana. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to make me try to read them as quickly no, as I No, that's horrifying. Can. No, Ooh, I feel like nice. I have to practice for that. I yeah. am not like um, I'm not like an auctioneer where they're like, blah, 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 and they're just like saying words and numbers and stuff. I can't even. I, it, it, I, I can't talk even. Pretty fucking fast, right? In the grand scheme of things, when I'm talking talk to people, micro machines fast. No, but that, I mean that's the point, right? Is that like, listen, <laughs> I talk pretty damn fast, um, and I've been told such as such many a time. But um, auctioneers, those people are wizards. Uh, and I would love for them to share the secrets of their speed talking, but yeah, that's not for me. I don't, I don't know how that to do that. That would be, that would be pretty fun. That would be fun. Okay. I would auction everything that I say to everybody all the time. It would immediately get annoying oh and then I would God. have no friends. So you're welcome. It would be so taxing. I know, but I would do it all the time if I had the ability to just be like, uh, just firing them off. All. Ugh. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh man, that would be the worst. <laughs> Just that's that is immediately my motion for high speed anything, and I don't know why. Bollywood has permanently affected my mind. I'm just like, oh, you got to do something fast. Just you just get it Bollywood done. Bollywood headshake. Just, just get it done. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, okay, so minor okay. arcana. So the minor arcana has to do is usually more like day to day kind of issues. So the minor Ar the, the minor arcana. I just made that into into one. I've either had too much wine or not enough wine. 
probably not enough. It's probably not enough. Uh, so there's four suits. So there's wands or staves, and those signify fire and energy, motivation, passion, creativity. Uh, there's swords, uh, and that uh, signifies air, thoughts, words, ideas, areas of conflict in our lives. The suit of cups uh, signifies water and emotions, intuition, relationships. And last is the pentacles or coins, um, is, signifies earth, the physical items, the material world, as well as money. Uh, in each one of these suits, they have cards from an ace through a nine, and then they have four court cards. So that's a page, a knight, a queen, and a king. Um, <clears throat> and each one of those cards means something different than the other cards. So like a four of wands is different than a four of cups. It has a different yeah, the meaning. The number of... isn't linearly connective through the suits, mm -hmm. right? It, it's just that we have to number them. Yeah. Or they, there needs to be some sort of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... For modern decks, um, because there's a there's a few uh, ancient decks that date back to the 1400s, and I can talk about those, but we'll probably talk about those in a different show. But right now, I'm really going to focus on the the basics, what you need to get off the ground and running, especially if you just got a tarot deck and or you have had one for a while and you kind of don't really get it, and you're just stuck reading this book every time, and you're like, this is such a waste. Um, so. Numerous occult groups have further developed the original concepts of tarot. So it has gone through a huge amount of evolution mm -hmm. uh, in, in the time that we have knowledge about tarot. And most famously, the occult group called the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn has really drastically advanced uh, what tarot as we know it. Yeah. Uh, and really that breaks down into two sort of um, paths. So there is the uh the writer white deck which was created by arthur Ed edward white and was illustrated by pamela coleman smith and that deck was first published in 1909 um so that is widely accepted as the standard base for a tarot deck so most of the tarot decks that you see out there in the world right now were created using this writer white system um in fact uh it is just sort of the the you know it's, it's really the gold standard mm -hmm. of tarot it's what it's what my first deck was it's what i learned on it's what my mom had uh so it's something that is is really there but that doesn't mean that you have to start with this deck but it's good to know that everything everything that's popularly out there pretty much relies on this deck as its base and then there is the thoth deck now the thoth deck it was created by Aleister Crowley, and it was painted by Lady Frida Harris. And this deck was um, printed sometime, sometime between 1938 and uh, 1943. But it wasn't published as a deck until 1969, which is 35 years after Aleister Crowley published the Book of Thoth. So this guy basically had a deck made for himself, mm -hmm. And then just used it himself until finally he was like, all right, I guess I should like. Not. Like, I guess I should like share this with the world. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not personally super familiar with this deck, uh, but it is a very cool deck. It has a very cool history of it. And 
the deck itself and the way that the meanings are inside of it are fairly different from the Rider White deck. So totally. it is a more totally. complicated deck to go with. Some people say, don't get a Thoth deck. It's too complicated. It's hard to remember. The thing is, is if you're really into tarot decks, it's probably a good one to have in your collection. Uh, if nothing else, just to sort of expand on what it is that the tarot can be. Yeah, and if you're like a big Aleister Crowley fan or, 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 uh, or uh, a Lady Frida Harris fan... <laughs> or, like or I mean, you're just really a fan of of the Dude, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Alistair Crowley fans. That's like a thing. It's it's definitely it's like a, a thing. whole yeah. thing. Like I yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So like yeah, well, and I mean like okay, man. So this is where you're gonna get into. This is where this is where we're gonna we're gonna we're picking fights with people. No, we're not. We're not picking fights with nobody. Uh, but where it is often you you see a fight get picked is between like implied traditionalists. And implied traditionalism and like modernization or personalization or anything like that. Um, like, I've never owned a writer white deck. I have no desire to own a writer white deck. Like, I'm not hating on the writer white deck. I just don't want one. Like, that's not, that's not my jam, yo. Uh, if you don't like grape jelly, don't buy grape jelly. That's, I mean, that's, that's the way that I look at it, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I just don't want grape jelly. That, that's a lie. I super want grape jelly. In fact, I can't think of a jelly I don't want. You know what I don't want is whatever that fucking apple butter shit is. I think grape jelly is the only jelly that we don't have on hand right now that's in the fair. house. Yeah. I love jelly, but you know what I'm talking about. You get what I'm, you get what I'm saying, right? So, like, for me, the Rider White deck, like, like doesn't have, like, a special place or yeah. a special value yeah. or whatever. Um, I would love to, like side by side see a writer white deck and a thoth deck and like actively compare the two uh that's interesting to me but again i also don't have a desire to own a thoth deck i don't own a thoth deck i mean all the decks that i own are like vaguely insane yeah so yeah. i prefer <laughs> vaguely insane decks uh they're the best i love them i'm not saying insane in a bad way but you know what i mean well there are a lot of, now that tarot is becoming hugely popular. So mm -hmm. when I was, you know, not even a baby witch. When I was a kid, my mom had this tarot deck and she would pull it out and she'd do readings and stuff like that. And um, I just, I, there wasn't anything else. That was the only thing that you could find. Mm -hmm. So um, it's really amazing because right now there are so, so many kinds of divinatory card decks that you can get. And it's not just tarot. You can also get oracle cards. And while we're not directly talking about oracle cards in this, I do want to talk about them briefly just so that you can kind of understand the differences between what a tarot deck and an oracle deck is. So you guys all know the difference between regular playing cards and tarot cards. And if you don't, really my question is, is have you how have you never seen playing cards? Or how have you never seen tarot cards? Both both are an option. Um, Although technically I mean, you can do divination with playing cards. Yes. And technically you can play a card game with tarot cards. Yes. And we will talk um, about divination divination with uh, playing cards in a, a, in a different episode. Twelve extra IVs. I was that. just like, That's we've fine. been listening to these. That's we've fine. been listening a lot recently to these Irish and Scottish YouTubers reviewing movies. And when we get into new YouTubers, we just like binge everything that they Heavily, have. Yeah. And these guys have a different way of pronouncing words in the Eng in the Eng English language. Wow, I can really can't talk. And uh, and it's I feel like it's affecting my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know what that means. 
Um, yeah, they speak with an accent. It's, um, they're funny. They're great guys. They're uh, really we great. We super love both of their channels, and we've just been, like, endlessly binging those as of late. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that one of them, Voyager just one of them, over our souls. Yeah. Well, one of them says the word now, like now, and I just, I, it's, it's, it's causing problems in my brain box. I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand. Um, we've just not been listening foreign, to not enough foreign films. That's what that is. You gotta no, watch no, no, more no, foreign no. films. Uh, artsy <laughs> stuff, guys. We're gonna watch a bunch of artsy <laughs> foreign films. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. With all the acting training that I've had, when I listen to uh, a accent for too long, I kind of start to pick up on the accent. An accent? Yeah. Uh, and I kind of pick up on the accent and start incorporating it into my speech. So my brain is like kind of fighting against it, but fighting for it. That's at not the same that's time. not acting training. That's just crazy. Uh, that's just craziness. What we just got was an admonition of crazitude. Anyways, an admonition so... of crazitude. You heard me. Oh gosh. So oracle decks. Oracle decks are decks that don't fit in with the standard tarot they're not a playing card deck and they don't follow the same conventional rules as a major as a major minor arcana type of setup like a tarot deck would uh -huh. but they have other cards so i have a tarot or i have an oracle deck that i really love and it's got however many cards that's in it and they have nothing at all to do with tarot there yeah. is not there is not a tower there's not a death card there's not yeah. an empress you know they're just yeah. a different set of cards yeah. and really the oracle decks can be functionally anything a tarot deck <coughs> follows the form or structure of tarot right which is like some major arcana and they mean some stuff and some minor arcana split into suits and they mean some stuff um, whereas an oracle deck is just like a bunch of pieces of paper with pictures on them uh, that each one has an individual meaning. Any number, size, shape, distribution of knowledge, yeah. whether it's suits or no suits, whether it's using another thing. Like I have a, I have a, a deck of rune cards, so it's a rune oracle deck. So it's just instead of having like a like a bit of wood or a rock with a rune carved on it. It's a piece of paper with a rune printed yeah. on it. Um, so that's an oracle deck. So, so I, I like I know that the standard way to think about it is that like oracle deck is just a different kind of tarot deck. The more accurate way to think about it is that like all cards can be an oracle deck, and a tarot deck is a very specific kind yeah. of cards that do oracling. <clears throat> yeah. Um, because, I, I, like, I have seen oracle decks that are just, like, runes. So, like, that's not a huge difference. It's just runes on paper, right? Different. Um, and I've seen oracle decks that are, like, very similar to tarot, but they just call themselves oracle and there's, like, some extra stuff or whatever. Um, and we've also seen oracle decks where it's just, like, here's a bunch of rocks. And then you read through and you're just, like, this rock means this now. That it's just... 23 and a half cards about rocks any number of cards that they wanted yeah, about yeah. rocks you know what i'm saying so like so like there is connection but the connection is sort of one of those like linguistic confusions you know it's like the whole hot tub jacuzzi thing right yeah and, and so that's the way that i like to think of oracle because if you think about it in terms of tarot then you sort of lose sight of some of the greater potentials for Oracle. And you also sometimes are going to like definitely not click on that Kickstarter link because you're like, what's a B Oracle deck? I don't know what that is. And then you just like swipe past that. But like secretly, that was like dope B stuff. 
um, or what have yeah. you. Yeah. And and also, <clears throat> I'm saying this from the place where you uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't buy as many tarot decks as I have in this last year. Yeah. Uh, Kickstarter, me and tarot had like a little little thing going on. Yeah, we got for like a, a while there. Yeah. Uh, I still have a bunch coming. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I already Me have a bunch. Me and uh, and and tarot Kickstarter, we're in a relationship. Yeah, it's serious. <laughs> it's serious. Um, uh, so th I mean, there's also kickstarted another one today. So you know. <laughs> actually both kickstarted the same tarot kickstarter but because we both want the deck yeah so that's that's gonna be a fun one because we actually don't have any decks where we both have the same deck nope we mm -hmm. have decks that are from the same artist but not the same actual not artwork. the same like yeah not the actual yeah. same decks but yeah so we have completely different decks we also do tarot we tarot differently um, whatever the action yeah. word for yeah, tarot is. Yeah, we'll talk is. a little bit more about but, that Yeah, later. again, we'll talk about but, that later. Uh, there's a lot of decks that you can find on Kickstarter and whatnot, and um, some of them have the conventional tarot style, and some of them don't, and some of them are a blend. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more options out there that are sort of fragmenting, so you kind of just have to like take a look at it and yeah. see what Everybody's just doing what Alistair Crowley did. He's like, hey, this tarot thing seems nice. <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to do, do it. it a little different. And he just did it his way, and um, bam, Thoth deck. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. All right, and we're back. Um, so... So we're going to talk next about choosing a deck. Yeah. So if next you've been wanting to get into tarot and don't have a deck have yet... Have you been wanting to get into tarot and don't have a deck yet? <laughs> deck or deck. do you want more tarot decks in your life? Can't even say it. Wow, man, this is a... We are just... Oof. It's fine, guys. Some days, some days you got it. And some days, yeah, man. some days are just days. Um, so a standard tarot deck size is two and three quarters by four and three quarters. So it is larger than a standard playing card deck. However, other sizes and shapes are growing in popularity and you can get pretty much anything. You can get little mini decks that are like two inches. You can get circle decks. Yep. You can get tr uh, like triangle and hexagon. There's all kinds of stuff. You can even get really big decks. Um, but get whatever deck size you want. However, you do want to keep in mind that at some point you're going to have to shuffle these cards in some way. So uh, I have small hands not absurdly small hands but i do have smaller hands i'm a girl and uh <laughs> small hands like robin free and baby hands yeah small hands. hands like robin from teen titans go <laughs> and uh very specific reference <laughs> uh and i have a hard time sometimes shuffling because the cards are like too big for my little hands to mm. to get around so um you know so you do want to kind of keep that in mind when you're thinking about getting a deck is you know uh, especially if you're getting a large size deck or even a small size deck that um, the larger or more oddly shaped the deck is the harder it can be to shuffle them and you may have to resort to alternative means of shuffling. also tarot deck cards generally generally not all the time but generally thicker than a regular playing card so that it's going to make it a little bit different with regard to uh shuffling it yeah and if you have like a soft touch tarot deck or a like matte touch tarot deck i have the, the uh, i have a deck over here that's like a soft touch tarot deck when we get into that we'll we'll talk more about that but um 
it it makes it like virtually impossible to shuffle in a traditional way because the cards can't they don't slide against each other so like that's another thing to think yeah. about is like you know what are you comfortable working with with yeah. regard to like 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 not being physically <clears throat> frustrated really. yeah and there are some ways of of pulling the cards that can help so if you don't really have the ability to shuffle a deck very well um that you know there the, these can kind of help you and mm -hmm. we'll talk more a little a little bit more about that in just a bit um but really uh you know a lot of people will ask well what tarot deck should i get uh and this is a tough question because um i want literally all of the tarot decks. I want a whole wall of them. Uh, personally, I would say it's a good idea to have a Rider White deck for reference because then you kind of understand the basic framework that most tarot decks are made of, but it is by no means a requirement. Uh, and they can be, for some people, they are very easy to read. Uh, and some, for, for some people, they're not. Uh, really, my best advice is to choose a deck where the artwork vibes with you. What you really ideally want from a tarot deck is a deck where you can look at the the card that you have drawn and understand intuitively or with maybe tiny words at the bottom of the deck um what that card means yes you can use the books and the books are a great great resource and i and i even though i know what some of the cards mean i always look at the book from the individual mm -hmm. author of the tarot deck to see what perspective they were looking at when they were creating that card but really you want the deck to the imagery from the deck to vibe with you uh and that can be whatever it is that you want <clears throat> yeah 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 the 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 way that i look at buying a tarot deck is um it's sort of like asking well like you're really you're asking somebody to pick like okay well what what car should i buy and it's like all right man well i mean like we can give you a bunch of, like, MSRP information, and we can give you a bunch of, like, safety ratings and all this kind of stuff. But when, you know, like, tires hit the pavement, it's really kind of, like, what you feel comfortable in. Like, if you're used to driving tiny little sedans, you're probably not gonna buy, like, a big old Mack truck. But, like, I mean, maybe... So it's really, it's like a personal preference thing, like a car or a football mm -hmm. team or anything like that. You know, so like for, for each person, it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. And if you're not sure what's out there, you can find tarot decks in a ton of places. Obviously, you can find them in local brick and mortar stores that have uh, books. Mm -hmm. Many bookstores will carry tarot decks, mm -hmm. of, albeit a... Um, a selection of much more popular decks that you'll find there, much more mainstream. You can also find decks on Etsy. You can find decks on eBay. You can find decks on Kickstarter. Keep in mind, those usually take a while to get to you. you of course, you can find them on Amazon. You can find decks in a variety of places. Uh, I really like finding decks through Kickstarter. I really like um, supporting somebody's project. But <clears throat> Etsy is also a fantastic resource. Mm -hmm. You're finding a lot of small artists there. Um, you can also find uh, decks or at least an idea of what kind of decks are out there by using Instagram. Instagram is great for this because of the hashtagging that you can use. Yeah. So you can just look up tarot decks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as purchasing a deck, there is this misconception out there where you need to be gifted a deck, where you're not supposed to buy a deck for yourself. Guys, I don't know where this came from, but this is not true. You do not have to be gifted a deck, just like you don't have to be a hereditary witch. Um, those are 
Those are made up rules. It's just weird gatekeeping. Don't do yeah, weird gatekeeping. Yeah, those are made up rules yeah. for weird gatekeeping. Yeah, so you can do, buy do whatever deck. deck you want. Yeah. Yeah. Buy it. Buy as yeah. many decks as you and, want. But and <clears throat> but also at the same time, man, if you think that you need to have a deck gifted to you and like that's your thing, then like by all means, gift people decks or whatever it is that you're doing. Like that's also fine. But like, don't put barriers in other people's bananas. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, don't. Yeah. And don't another, make it weird. another banana barrier that you don't want is um, used decks. So it is uh, there is another misconception out there that used decks are bad luck. So hmm. again, that is not I've a never thing. Heard that before. Um, there are energies associated with physical items or physical things in general. And um, you know, if you're getting a used deck, or I mean, even if you're getting a not used deck, it's a great idea to cleanse that deck and charge that deck. Mm -hmm. That way you're kind of removing any negative things there. Like I want to get a vintage Rider White deck from like the first printing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just like, okay, well, it's probably gonna cost me like a hundred bucks. I don't care that that's used. Uh, and I'm gonna probably get it anyway because <laughs> I'm weird and I want a whole- you want it, yeah, that's all. <laughs> and I want a whole bunch of decks. I'll probably try to do the same thing for a Thoth deck. For me, it's, it's unnecessary to have that kind of gatekeeping that really only alienates people from the craft and discourages people from doing it. So, um, again, you Just don't do need to thing. be gifted, get a deck that you like. You don't need to be gifted a deck. Uh, but also use decks aren't bad either, because if you're the, per if you have somebody out there telling you that you have to be gifted a deck, but they're also telling you that used decks are bad, that's kind of conflicting signals there. Um, so back at it again. So for keeping your deck charged and cleansed and, and whatever, there's a lot of different ways that you can do this. And it's really sort of a personal preference. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of like washing clothes when you buy them, wash them before you wear them. Um, but when you get a deck, uh, you want to cleanse it. So there's a lot of different ways you can do this. You can do it in moonlight where you leave the deck in a place where the light of the moon will touch it. You can do the same thing with sunlight too, if you're a solar type of person, as opposed to a lunar person. <clears throat> you can also charge it by, by sort of passing it through smoke. Uh, keep in mind that you don't want the smoke to damage your cards. So definitely don't get too close to that. I do not recommend spraying anything on your deck. Like I know you've got moon water hanging around there. Do not sprinkle moon water on your deck. Decks are made of paper. Paper and water don't mix. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, an aerosol at a grand distance, <clears throat> maybe. But don't, yeah. yeah. You can sort of pass your deck through smoke that's wafting. That can be incense. That can be sage. Yeah. You but again, can, you're technically putting stuff on there. So, yeah. you know, you also can, clean your uh, decks. Yeah. You Damn. can place your deck uh, near some crystals or place crystals around or on top of your deck. You can also meditate with it. You can also carry your deck around with you for a while or place it underneath your pillow for it to remain charged. You can keep it on your altar. There's a variety of things that you can do. Do what you feel makes the most sense for you and your own magical practice. Now, in keeping a deck, most decks will come in a box. Some of them come in a tin. Some of them come with a variety of accoutrements, such as books and whatnot. And sometimes sure. the books fit in the box or the tin, and sometimes they don't. Um, 
It's why are you putting your deck in a box and you're not making your book fit in the box also? Listen, if it's a big book, that makes sense. But if it's a small book, but it's only just slightly not the right size to fit in the box, that's just not nice. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. definitely bothers my OCD. I have yeah. I have one deck where yeah, the deck so isn't a deck size box and I have a full size book that goes with it. And I'm just like, why did you do this to no, me? No, 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 no. See, this is the thing. I, I love the full size book. That's great. I want all the pictures and the details and whatnot. Uh, I, I have a too. deck. I have a deck that's in a box, and then the book is the exact uh, same size as the box. But since paper has like, w like interior width, it doesn't fit into the box. And like, my eyeballs hurt when I look at it every time. I'm like, why would you yeah. do this to me? It's just not nice. <clears throat> and it's a beautiful deck. I love this deck. I use this deck. But still, every time I have to use the book, I'm just like, man. I, yeah, I keep it. In, I have to keep both of them in like a bag. Yeah. So that way I don't lose them because they're the same size, which is just like unacceptable in my pile well, of books. Well, keeping your deck in a bag is actually pretty common. So um, there are some people that swear by keeping your deck in a bag that is made of uh, cotton or other natural material. Of course, I've seen a lot of decks that are kept in um, not natural materials. For most, for most people, if you're getting something that is velvet or velveteen, that's not... That's a that's made yeah. out of plastic of some sort. I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, but just so you I know, mean, that's a fabric uh, thing. So yeah, but like also, dude, their... like I have a deck that's in a metal tin. Yeah. I have a deck yeah. that's in like a very high gloss, like cardboard box. So that's basically just cardboard box spray painted with plastic. Yeah. You know, so like. Well, some people don't keep the box you gotta, at all. No, no, yeah. I know, I understand that. But like, you know, you got to roll with it. Yeah. For me, it's more about the organization of a box, yeah. making my life easier. Um, but, um, again, also with the bag thing, uh, some people are very against using leather pouches and bags for this stuff. Yeah. Uh, if you're against it, that's fine. <clears throat> um, if you're okay with it yourself, then go right ahead and do it. Yeah. Uh, there aren't really any hard, in my opinion, there aren't really any hard yeah. and fast rules on that kind of a thing. Uh, some stuff I particularly do not keep with leather and some stuff I specifically do keep with leather. Yeah. Um, uh, just set your own rules and then go with them. Yeah. is really the yeah. way that I look at that. Another popular thing for people to do is to keep their deck wrapped in a square of cloth. Um, so like a, like a deck, like a tarot cloth, like a reading cloth. Like an altar cloth? <clears throat> yeah. When you see them online or with Kickstarters nowadays, it's, they're primarily called altar cloths. They usually are about the size of a bandana and yeah. they have printed, you know, screen printed stuff on them. And those are great too. Um, and if you have a variety of things, like let's say you have a deck and the book is a different size and you also have the square of cloth um you can just keep all that stuff in a bag um you know it's really kind of whatever seems best to you i prefer to keep them in boxes because i have so many and boxes stack better than bags but bags inherently feel really cool you know you feel super like witchy when you like pull it out of a out of a mis mystical looking bag <laughs> I'm yeah, pretty into that. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I'm, yeah. I'm real into the box. I like the box. Yeah. It's nice. So um, you can do the square of cloth, of course, without necessarily wrapping your deck in the square of cloth. The great thing about these cloth bits is that you um, you don't need them, but it's a good idea to have them because especially if you're taking your tarot deck with you and you're planning on doing readings <clears throat> out on the fly, um, you know, we are road readings yeah we're currently uh in a uh you know in a, in a place where you're not really wanting to go out and you know give readings to people 
you know, because it's the year 2021. Yeah. Um, but there, there was a time that that was popular, and there will be a time again when that yeah. is popular. Yeah. And um, you well, really want to have something to put... do it for yourself. You, you just, you want to have... You want to have something to put your cards yeah. on. First of all, it looks cool. It helps to set sort of the scene, and it helps they to keep your cards clean. almost always look cool. Yes. Yeah. Because I know that I do... Uh, I have a deck at work, and uh, I will you know do like a quick reading at work and sometimes yeah. my desk is not as clean as i want it to be so it helps keep your cards yeah. clean as well yeah i definitely i have two <clears throat> travel decks that i you know that i i bounce back and forth mm -hmm. between um but you know it's for me it's it's not even about like the physical cleanliness because like sometimes you just got to wipe your cards down uh which is a, like a thing that i do <clears throat> but um at the same time it's like it's sort of like bringing a portable altar. It's like, what if you could bring the, like, wooden thing with the, like, candelabra and the, like, little knick-knack that you have? Well, okay, so you can't bring, like, all of that everywhere all the time. Yeah. But, like, like a bandana, you can bring that anywhere, man. Yep. Especially if you're using it to hold the pieces of paper that you're going to do the thing with. Exactly. You or know? if it's so, folded and tucked into a little yeah, drawstring bag. or tucked into bag. a box or a bag or what have you. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, really you can kind of go with whatever you want there. That's the beauty of this and really everything that we talk about is, is here are some ideas and really do whatever you want, what you think is right for you. Uh, however you do it with your cards, you want to get to know your deck. So um, I like to, when I get a new deck, to sort of like like sit with it for a little bit and look at the illustrations. I'm not necessarily going over every card in the deck and like looking at the book and, and whatnot. Um, but you want to get to know your cards. Each deck has, has its own energy, has its own voice, and you will definitely learn that. So when I typically do readings, I usually do them with multiple decks. So I usually have at least one tarot deck and also my oracle deck. I actually only have one oracle deck. I was just thinking about that the other day and I was like, wow, that's crazy. I definitely need another oracle deck. Uh, but the one I have, I love so much. <clears throat> and you guys can see all the decks that we have in our tarot tour video that we did a little while ago. We have some new additions since then, so we'll yeah. probably do a part two. Yeah, we'll do a part um, two of that at some point in time. But each deck will give you its own voice and has its own level of sass uh, <laughs> as well as humor and seriousness so over time you will start to understand the way that your deck talks to you outside from the meaning of the cards that it is giving you totally. uh, which is a very very subtle thing totally. that honestly I never really started to understand and realize until I started using multiple decks mm, okay Okay. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, you know what? I would, I would go so far as to say this is the way it is with all <clears throat> techniques of divination is that each individual thing, what with relies on an aspect, that aspect is going to change the manner in which it's communicated to you. Um, you know, and like, like I have a bunch of tarot decks and a bunch of Oracle decks and before Tarot and Oracle, I did, like, I, I did, like, rune work and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And, I mean, there's a difference between, you know, one set of runes and another set or doing, like, runes with the ones that you carved versus rune work with, like, um, like uh, pattern pulling mm -hmm. and things like that, which is, like, a different thing when we get into rune work. You know, I'll, I'll talk about some of my particulars in there. But, like... Um, yeah, each deck is, like, really different, and, um, 
I'm the same way. I, I generally always work with like at least two, but normally it's three decks mm -hmm. when I do a thing. So like definitely there's like each deck says a different thing. And and also sometimes I choose to use the deck and when we get to uh, like actual reading, we'll, we'll talk about it. Like I choose to use the decks in different places uh, at different times, yeah. depending on what I'm <clears throat> I'm pulling. Um, and you know, and what, like what I'm trying to do. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, well, that perfectly brings me to the next thing, which is a planned transition. Look at it, that. That was, was not, it was not planned. I, I don't know what she's going to talk about next at all. Yeah. So. He's just, he's the pretty one. I'm, the I'm one. just here to drink and eat red vines right now <laughs> and just gently add it's the weirdest combination of drinks and snacks that you have versus what I have. You have Red Vines and Miller High Life, and I have Red Wine and Mango Chili Gummy Bears. I mean, is it that different? Not, I mean, it is, uh, but it's very... Is the Mango Chili Gummy Bear just the red wine of the Red Vine? You know what I'm saying? No. Somebody out there probably does. I don't. I don't. I know. guess, we dude. We've got listen, two listeners. I am drinking. I don't think any either of them know. I am drinking know. a champagne quality beer product. No sponsor, but like, if they wanted to, I'm not. Gonna it is not. Uh, it is not. It says it on the can. They can't lie about things. Champagne quality product, and you know what? I'm bringing it back movie style. What's up? I'm watching this movie of you explaining <laughs> me how to use tarot. I've already learned like three things, and I'm in the podcast. Yeah, and you know what, you guys? I don't actually really tell. Like, he knows what. I word what the topic is for the podcast. Oh, yeah, I choose the topic and, and shit. And sometimes like, I talk to him about the research that I do, but for the most part, he has no idea yeah, I what just we have, talk about in these podcasts until they actually happen. About everything. So I just, like, interact and share some extra knowledge yeah. and sidetrack the topic. So, you know, yeah, it's definitely back that. on topic. Back on topic. Okay. <laughs> so spreads. Um, there's a couple of different things here that we're going to talk about, but first I'm going to talk about the types of readings. So a tarot spread, first of all, is how you're laying the cards out. It's a butter. It's a... <laughs> Oh, so, but yeah, it's a butter. That's exactly butter. what I was thinking. Um, the first thing that I magazines. thought, the first thing that I thought of with spreads was like, I can't believe it's not butter. That was literally the first thing I thought. Margarine spread, oh. stuff I to the rest eat. of us with mines in the dumpster. <laughs> so a spread is the way that you're laying down the cards and interpreting yeah, them. You keep going. I'm going to do that about 12 <laughs> times, so it's okay. So um, that is basically like how you're laying this stuff down. So you can do, um, you know, some popular spreads. I'm trying really hard not to say the word, and I'm just like, I guess I'm going to do it. Yeah, it... you just have to say it, and you have to deal with me smirking inappropriately. Yeah, so, so, the, this, the, so one of the most popular spreads is a three-card spread. So that's one, two, three cards placed in whatever way you want. Sometimes it's left to right. Sometimes it's in a jagged pattern, however you want to handle this. Up and um, down. Up and down. Uh, and these, these three-card spreads are fantastic because this is a really great way for you to 
do a little bit of tarot work, but without doing too much and without getting into really large and complex readings. So three card spreads are a great place to start. In fact, I think they're a better place to start than a one card pull, which we'll talk about in just a moment. So you can use a three card spread for a variety of things. You can do past, present, future. You can do what the situation is, what the obstacles are, and uh, the advice to overcome those obstacles. You can do it as a relationship thing, which is you. Then the middle part is the answer to the question or the relationship dynamic. And then the third card is the other person. Uh, you can also do opportunities, challenges, outcome. Um, there's really, there's this huge list of, you know, three card spreads and basically any three things that you can think of can, can yeah. definitely go there. I, I, so, okay. So I, as uh, I'm a bit of a numerologist, I, I love numbers. Um, obviously I'm a huge freaking math nerd, but, uh, so, uh, I always generally pull in factors of three. It's a, it's a very rare bird when I don't. Um, and I specifically, just as an aside, because it wasn't brought up in your list, uh, which I find fascinating, for me, a three-card spread is, like, the structure of a sentence, right? So, it's not really, like, past, present, future, although, like, sometimes it is past, present, future. Listen, those times, it's obvious when the cards are like, hey, you remember when you did this thing? You know about this thing that you're doing right now? This is how this thing's gonna turn out, maybe you should stop doing that thing. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, something assholey like that because the cards follow their their reader and I'm a bit of an asshole. They're really sassy. Uh, my cards yeah. are my cards are very sassy. They are very strongly opinionated about what I should and shouldn't do, mm -hmm. regardless of, you know, financial safety. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so I read my cards in a sentence. So, like, it's telling you a story? Sort of, yeah. It's just that the three cards are... It's it's really, like, subject-object-action, but even that would define it too much into, like, the first card is a subject, and the second card... It's just sort of like the all three cards are trying to tell me the exact same thing, and, like, sometimes it's, like, like a story where it's, like, the beginning, the middle, and the end, and sometimes it's really like some information like like an observation uh um an action and then a specification of the potential outcomes of that action right so i i look at my cards as sort of like the coordinates for a particular direction with which like the waveform can collapse Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's sort of like like the three cards just represent part of a sum totaled whole. <clears throat> and mm -hmm. that is more often than not. More often than anything, my cards aren't like first, middle, last. Or like doing something very linear like that. And for me, the way that I read my cards, and again, everybody does this differently, right? But this is just another way if you've either never considered it, or like if you do something similar and you think that you're crazy. Uh, you're not. I'm also crazy... Or you're so, both okay. crazy you're, together. We're both yeah. crazy, but it's okay because there's two of us now. Um, <laughs> uh, hit me up. What's up? But uh, yeah, for me, the, the cards are, are the three cards tell a story in there, uh, in like in a continuation, mm -hmm. right? So it's not really like any one is particularly first or last, or there's any like particular order or structure to it. Um, it's a little bit more like chaotically saying words out loud. Mm -hmm. 
you know, is the way that I think about it. It's sort of like a conversation. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Which is just a little different. Yeah. So that's a three-card spread. The next most popular uh, type of card pull is a single-card pull. And um, this is kind of, like, <clears throat> easiest explained in, like, if every day you pulled one tarot card and it gave you an idea, then that's kind of what you're looking at. So it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, what your day is about, but you could ask a question and you can get a card. You know, so no. it's like, what should I do about this thing? And then you get a card. But I find that many times a singular card is not super helpful for a question that I'm answering. Um, so that is a really popular spread that people use as a single card. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's kind of fun. Yeah. But it can also, you know, be difficult uh, to understand what the cards mean when you're asking a question that typically has a complex answer and then they're only allowed to give you one of 78 possible answers yeah yeah, yeah certainly certainly yes yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, for me a single card pull is first of all that's like my main thing that i do like if i'm like out at a place instead of like doing a spread because i like to like leave them out for a little bit um, uh, generally I'll just like shuffle them, pull a card and be like, all right, this is what this means. Um, but I also specifically don't ask a question. Yeah. I don't ask yeah. how my day's well, going. Uh, but I, j I simply pull a card to see what needs to be learned yeah. for the day. Yeah. Which yeah. is a little, a little backwards, but a little different. You yeah. Know? And that's pretty common for the single card pull stuff is to just sort of let the cards tell, you know, yeah. drive. Um, Another popular spread is a Celtic cross spread. And um, this spread is where you have a uh, five cards and they're sh in the shape of a cross. So up, down, you have one, two, three, and then you have uh, four, left, five. right, four, five uh, on either side of that center card. Mm -hmm. And then two. next to it, you have four cards in a vertical line. So it would look like a solar cross that is a cross with equal arms uh, next to like a an uppercase I. <laughs> uh, and and uh, this is a very popular spread for cards. I have never been a huge fan of this particular spread because it involves uh, a significator card, which is a card that represents you or the person who you're doing cards for. That's mm -hmm. called a querent. Um, and it is a lot to a lot to take in as far as the meaning of the cards themselves and then when you couple that with what the position in the celtic cross is it's just kind of a lot and especially if you're especially if you're new to reading tarot it can feel very overwhelming but even as an experienced tarot reader myself, I typically do not use this spread. Mm. There's nothing wrong with it inherently. I just find that it's a bit overwhelming and I like to freeform a little bit more. Um, so that one is a really popular one. Take it or leave it. Most tarot decks that you purchase will give you a variety of different spreads that you can use. Mm -hmm. um, just because in the book doesn't mean you have to use it. Just because people commonly use it doesn't mean you have to use it. Um, another really fun one that I've seen a lot more of in the last couple of years is 
a relational type of a card pulling. So it's where you pick a card that has significance to you. Like you choose um, it from the question. deck, like you go through it. Yeah, like if you not like you just like you shuffle it and you draw one, but like you like I like spread my cards out. I'm like this card is the card that I want to use for my question. Yes, yes. Okay. Like um, let's say you're looking for inspiration around a particular thing. Sure. You know, you're you need inspiration for some sort of project that you're working on. So the the card, the major arcana card, the star, is commonly associated with inspiration. Sure. Uh, so what you would do is you would shuffle your cards, and then you would find the star card inside of your deck, and then the cards directly in front and in back of that would be the things for your reading. Oh. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. It is really interesting. That is cool. Yeah. Uh, I it's that. not something I've never that done I that. typically use because of the necessi because of the necessity to kind of like figure out what your relational card is. Mm -hmm. And usually those uh the the card that you're looking for that's sort of like your starting point is a major arcana card. Again, those are big concepts, you know. So, you know, if you've got like a lot of change happening in your life and you want to know how that's going, you would choose the tower card or you would choose the death card depending on the nature of that um yep. you know so that's that's a fun one is the relational card kind of one and you're typically only looking at two cards um from that sometimes only one it just kind of depends so you can kind of look at that one essentially as its own three card spread where if you're looking for inspiration your middle card is the star card your left card is what's inspired you in the past and then your right card would be what is you know the path going to take to what's going to inspire you next, or, you next you, yeah. or the path that you should take uh, the, or the path that this project is going to take you on next. So there's yeah. a lot of sort of places that you can take that. Totally. <clears throat> uh, and then lastly is um, uh, choose your own. <laughs> so, you choose know, your own adventure. Yeah, choose your own adventure. Um, you know, you can make up whatever you want. If you prefer two cards, if your lucky number is six, you know, go ahead and do yeah, draw whatever number of cards. Whatever you it need. is. Yeah. You can find a ton of readings online. Card pickup. Yeah, you can yeah, you can find tons <laughs> and tons of <laughs> seventy eight card. Seventy eight <laughs> card pickup. Oh my god, that's awful. That's yeah. like a nightmare. Um, you know, Honestly. so you can choose your own structure for it. You can find tons of card spreads online, yeah. Yeah. on social media, and you can sort of figure out what it is that you want. You can make up your own stuff too. Yeah. So yeah. uh yeah, speaking of choose your own adventure, um, so as you can tell, our altar is sort of tiered. Right? There's like three levels. Uh, and I like specifically utilize the height difference to indicate different like things in the draw. So like you really, man, uh, the sky's the limit with regard to that. Um, when I do runes, I do it like entirely differently than I do tarot. Um, for, for me, really the most important thing is, especially if you're choosing your own adventure on this, um, is uh, write it down. Mm-hmm. Write it down, have a way, have a system. It doesn't need to be a system that everybody can, she doesn't need to understand the system. I need to understand the system. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, write it down, record it. And you know, if you're feeling it next time, do it again. If you're not feeling it next time, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Change it up, you know, like find the place that fits for you. Like I change my altar all the time. I like rearrange stuff. Um, yeah. And so as every time I rearrange it, it's a different spread. Right? The cards are laid out in a different place. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's really like the sauce on that. Yeah. You know and I saying? found that when you're writing it down, it's a good idea to draw a picture of what the relationship oh, heck, of yeah. the cards are. I use, I totally use like a, uh, little squares, like a, like a boxes, little, well, no, no, no. I don't use little boxes. I, I, I make like, um, just sort of like an outline symbol. And then I, then I just write the numbers into the spaces. Mm. So that way, like for me, I can tell whether a card was like a, just a higher up card or like a focus card or like if this set was like paired up with a different set or like something separate. Like I do that kind of stuff all the time, mm -hmm. but yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Choose, choose yeah. your own adventure guys. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> We're back. So that's the spreads. Um, now there's also different types of readings. Uh, that is ways that you can structure your card reading so, um, to kind of figure out what card goes where and how to get your cards out of the deck and onto your spread. So there are open readings and that is letting the cards tell you a story. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of going in without thinking of anything specifically and shuffling your cards and pulling the cards and then letting the cards drive what it is that you're hearing. This is actually the thing that I do most commonly. I let the cards tell me what they want. Um, there are times that I will pose a question to them or something along those lines. But for the most part, I'm letting the cards tell me yeah. what they what what they want to totally, tell totally. me I don't and ask boy do they have words for me yeah not really ask questions i yeah. just i just pull cards and they say functionally the exact same thing every time uh, yeah that's uh, actually really common very very sassily <laughs> the exact same yeah. thing without regard for me trying to like you know food yeah i have found that with an open reading i most commonly get the advice for how to live my life that the cards want me to do you know so like my cards want me to make changes in my life to be a better person basically and that is what they constantly tell me in an open reading so when i get something that's not that i'm just like oh what's this uh, <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah um now then there's question readings this is probably the most common type of card reading uh and that's you know where you're shuffling the cards and you're thinking like do i break up with my boyfriend why, you know, what is the situation at work going to resolve itself into, no. you know, that sort of thing. So that's question readings. Uh, and then there's the theme readings. So uh, the full moon just happened mm -hmm. and uh, it's the full moon in Virgo. And you can find a ton of tarot readings or tarot spreads out there that are themed towards the full moon in Virgo yeah. or when there's a new moon or the beginning of the month or yeah. a particular holiday. This is your reading um, for how March is going to go, or this is your yeah. reading for how, uh, the next, this full moon is going to go until the next full moon yeah. or this is or whatever. By using, yeah. you know, some of the, uh, qualities of that particular event. So, you know, Ostara is coming up and that's spring and new beginnings. So Ostara readings will be about, you know, what things should I be starting anew during the spring and, yeah. you know, full moon and Virgo, um, stuff would be like, you know, what, what are the attributes of Virgo plus the full moon that I should be, you know, kind of thinking about there. Yeah. And, um, you guys can find a ton of really great readings. There's an aggregator, um, a tarot card uh, Instagram account that I follow called In Tarot Spection, and um, she puts together the 
best roundups of tarot spreads. And I like to take some of those uh, tarot spreads and pull the questions that really resonate with me out of those and put those into my own reading for that theme there. Um, so those are really the types of readings that you can have. Um, and you can choose one and you can go with all of them. It's really up to you, much like everything else. Mm -hmm. um, so once you've got <coughs> your reading, you know, your style of reading that you want and you got your spread picked out, now it's time to do the thing. Yeah. So you want to um, shuffle your cards. Um, but uh, actually, before you shuffle your cards, if you're using a significator card, you want to pull that out first. Because shuffling the cards, you want that to happen after you're going through the deck and looking at all the pictures and the relations of the cards in the deck. Um, don't so, choose it. That's not... Yeah, don't choose it. So if you're using a significator, you want to pull that first. Um, but once you've um, picked a significator, um, you want to go ahead and shuffle them. Um, but before I go into shuffling them, significators can be a lot of different things. It can be like we talked about using the star card, mm -hmm. but um, you can also, a very old school way of doing it is using the court cards from the major from the minor arcana to for for a significator so um basically each of the each of the suits has a particular theme in the um characteristics of what a person from like say the wand suit would look like versus the pentacles suit uh and then each of the court cards has an age associated with them as well Oh, okay. So, so this is sort of like okay. So okay. So somebody has made a list of rules relative to like functional age or um, gender, even or gender or like um, physical attributions. Yes. So like this is if like you're trying to have your uh, significator card eh, sort of chosen by a series of rules as opposed to you just being like. I super feel, whatever, Prince of, Prince of Bloody Swords over here. Yeah, or I or, really or feel the Empress card. I don't or, use I don't know, use any standard tarot deck, so I don't know any of the standard tarot <laughs> names for like literally anything. And I'm just scrolling through, and I'm just like, all I can think of is the word moon, and that's not useful right now. <laughs> You're like Prince uh -oh. of the Moon. Yeah, it's uh, fine. whatever, guys. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, so these are these are interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna read these out. Oh, okay. All right. So so the wands or staves is uh, light skin, hair, or eye color. Mm -hmm. uh, so the swords is medium skin, hair, or eye color. Cups is also medium skin, hair, or eye color, but I imagine on the darker side of medium because pentacles is uh, the dark skin or hair or eye color. Um, what is that? Co oh, or pentacles or coins. Yeah. yeah. I always forget that coins is like a thing. I never see that. Yeah. Um, and then for like, so that's for your suit. And then, uh, it's like for like super young is page. Uh, and then for like just young, like youthful is night. And then for women, it's the queen. And for men, it's the king. Although, the, I mean, those are, those are fairly self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, that's super interesting. Okay, so I've never mm -hmm. heard of anything like this. This is crazy town to me. But um, that's like an interesting... You know what I want to do is reverse engineer this and use it as a function generator for um, characters in Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, that would be really You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. pull, 
pull a tarot card and, and that's what represents yeah. your now, character in a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> campaign. Now each 100% one of these, I'm gonna do this. Wow. Each one of these court cards also has like sort of an so, inherent this is, personality. This to is them too. always about so, court cards, right? Yes, but okay. this is only the physical attributes. Each one of these also has each each court card also has like um character attributes. Has character attributes sure. to them too, aside from the physical attributes, and you can also use that instead. So, yeah. so like, okay, so so this is like if you want to use physical attributes, th this is the rule structure. And if you want to use like like uh, character uh, character attributes, attributes just then like read, the read the, cards the cards and like figure out which one fits mm -hmm. for your character. Um, and then obviously, regardless of any of that, like if you're just flipping through your cards and one of them is like deaf you, yo, then like that's deaf you. Yeah, that's cool. Like that's fine. You know. And we've we've both had the like oh like I got this card. It's definitely talking about you. Or, like, it's definitely talking about me. Or, like, it's yeah. definitely talking about some other person. Yeah. Or whatever. That's a more of a contextual type of a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, but, like, <clears throat> you know, you can still get that, like, like vibing yeah. thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, shuffling <laughs> and picking the cards. <clears throat> so, there's a lot of ways, surprisingly, that you can do this. Hmm. In general, what you want to do is you want to either think about your question for the card or for the theme of what you're trying to go for. Um, if you are doing a, a question reading or a theme reading, uh, or if you're doing an open reading, you want to clear your mind or focus on, you know, asking the cards to tell you what you need to hear mm -hmm. uh, while you are shuffling the cards. You can shuffle the deck of cards as many times as you want. You can cut the deck of cards as many times as you want. Um, it's usually recommended to shuffle at least three times. That's really just so you can get like a good randomized Even mix shuffle. in there. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't necessarily have to do with a specific You number. can choose to listen to the card that fell on the ground, and you can choose that that card just fell on the fucking ground because you were not paying attention when you were shuffling. It, yeah. Because uh, let me tell you what, sometimes I drop cards. It's just a thing that happens when you're shuffling in the air. Uh, with giant yeah, cards. Yeah, Because some of my tarot cards are huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have, like, some huge tarot cards, and those are... Sometimes that gets out of hand. Well, and new decks can be quite difficult to oh, work with as my well. Oh, yes. You know, so you want to yeah. kind of keep that in mind. Um, but, you know, you really just want to shuffle until you feel like you're ready. Or if you have a particular number that you're shooting for, go ahead and, you know, yeah, go for that. Whatever your, like, meditative focus is. Yeah, yeah. So as far as pulling the cards, we've already talked about using a relational spread where you pick a card and you look at the cards next to that. So that's obviously one way that you can work this. Um, but beyond that, you're really looking at the most popular way is to pull the top cards. So if you're doing a three card spread, that's shuffle, 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 card one, two, three from the top of the deck mm. or however many cards that you got there. Uh, but I actually don't really do that very often. I find that the cards sort of call to me. So if I'm using a flat surface, I will spread the cards out and I will close my eyes and I will 
wait until I feel the card's energy pull me in and then that's the card I grab. Uh, or if I am shuffling and standing, we our altar is in such a way where you don't really sit at it, you sort of stand next to it. Um, so for the most part, I'm not at a large enough space to be able to fit all the cards. So I'm shuffling in my hands. And then what I do is once I've shuffled traditionally, like when you're shuffling, you do the bridge where it's like every other card, it goes yeah. <laughs> um, I will sort of cut the cards, but I'll just sort of let them fall from one hand into the other hand. And um, I find that cards will jump out at me. That's sort of, this is partially the way that I like to read things and the way that my deck and I work together. So I prefer the cards to jump out at me. And sometimes when a card jumps out, um, it's either just like flipped upside down um, or it falls out on the ground or and sometimes there's multiple cards that come with it. So when there are multiple cards that come with it, I sort of stop to 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 listen to the universe and to feel out whether or not that card, whether or not the deck wants me to look at all six cards that fell out or if it's just the top card. Uh, and then I continue to go until I am done pulling all of the cards that I feel like I need to pull or that I have written down that I want to pull there. Um, so that is the way that I prefer to do it. I like to call it the jump method because the cards literally jump out at you. But if you are doing a reading for another person, it looks very flashy if you fan the cards out and you let them choose the card. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. I get that. Yeah, for me, it's again, I, you know, it's mostly I'm shuffling up in the air and um, and then I just sort of like kind of go through like a cutting motion in my hand until I'm like this card and then I'll cut for a little while and be like this card and then I'll cut for a little yeah. while and be like this card. Again, I generally tend to do things in threes. So it's it's generally I'll pull like three from three different, like right here I have three from three different decks pulled. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and again, it's it's like jumping out at you. It's like the card that you're just like, all right, well, this is the time to pull the card. Um, although sometimes it's like shuffle and I'll just cut it and just be like one, two, three. You know, mm -hmm. I've definitely done that. It just sort of, for me, it sort of depends on what, what you're doing with the cards, how you're trying to like, you know, feel that day. Like what, you know, if your question is very specific, yeah. then maybe the motions of specific, very specific motions are needed. You know, but if you're if you're just sort of looking into the ether, something a little bit more chaotic tends to fit. Yeah, uh, well, is, and some of that I has find. to do with the way that you and your deck communicate with each yeah, other. Exactly. Too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I mean, like, like Julie and I, we do very, very different things with regard our our altars. Well, one one of these days, we'll do on our YouTube channel. We'll do like an altar tour. Um, our altars are very different. Yeah. Um, like it shares a space, but it's, it's very, it's very different. We have very different ways of doing all this stuff, <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's a different thing and everybody's going to kind of have their thing. So it's, it's real, like what you're feeling of, you know, it's what you're feeling. On. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, another thing that comes up commonly when you're looking at interpretations is reverse cards. So, do you do reverse cards? I, do, I don't do reverse cards, man. I don't know why. It's not like I have, like, a beef with it. All of my decks have the option of reverse. Like, it explains reverse. Um, I don't do reverse cards. Uh, for me, I think that it is a holdover from uh, rune work. Mm -hmm. um, where I didn't do reverse runes because that's not... 
that just that's like that's just doesn't it's not a thing for me it doesn't make sense to me it's that, that's crazy town to me for runes i like it's just a thing um so i i don't do it for runes and so when i started doing tarot like when i first started doing it i was like oh, like it says if it's upside down it has a different meaning i'm just gonna listen to the box you know like the box of cereal knows best kind of a thing and um i just i was just like i'm reading the book the book says this is what it means and i'm like this doesn't make like i, I like i'm not feeling it i don't you know it's, it's not like i don't like the way that it it's read but it's just like it doesn't it's not the answer that makes sense sort of a thing mm -hmm. and uh now it's to a point where i don't when I pull a card, I pull it and I either set it straight or I like turn it and set it so it's straight. And it's for I think it's just like it's a reading thing and it's a it's a holdover from runes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just not into the reverse card thing, man. I don't it's not my it's not my jam. Yeah. I guess. I do reverse cards. I don't know why. Um part of that I think is just like that's the way that I was taught tarot. Sure, yeah. And that's just sort of, you know, what you do. Yeah. So, oh, I'm probably doing um, it wrong, by the by. I'm I mean, just, really, it's I just don't. I just don't do reverse cards. Like, whole ass, I'm just like, nah, I'm not going to do that. I, mean, I don't, I don't I'm think not that into that's it. wrong. There are people who are me. very adamantly against reverse cards, and there sure. are people who are not, and there's nothing wrong with either side Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. So uh, I do reverse cards, and when I look at a card that's reversed, um, I look at it, well, one, I look at the interpretation of the card um, in whatever guide or book that it came with but I also look at it as needing something so um, we'll take the hermit card for instance the hermit card is a traditional card from the Rider white deck I think it's the ninth card and it is about um, solitude and sort of introspection and there's nothing wrong with that um, on the on the on the 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 plain side but when you reverse it uh, it's sort of like the negative effects there so you're withdrawing you're spending too much time in your mind um, so when I look at that I, I like to I like to keep myself open to the interpretation of what it means. So mm. if I were to pull a reversed hermit card, maybe it's telling me that I need to do the thing that's the upright of the of the hermit card. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's saying I'm withdrawing too much, but maybe in the context of the reading, it's saying that I need to withdraw. Sure, okay. Sure, so sure. I do reverse cards, and even more complexly, sometimes I feel like the cards want me to use both the upright and the reverse meaning of the cards yeah. and that's usually that totally when i lay sense. the cards sideways uh, but that being said i sometimes will a card will jump out at me and the way that it lands like on the floor or whatever may be upside down but i pick it up and i'm like you know what that card doesn't belong upside down that card belongs right side up sure. and same thing same thing for sure. vice versa sure. so i do use reverse cards there's no there's no particular reason to use them or not to use them. It's yeah. really a personal Just, preference. Yeah, it's whatever you want it to do. It can make things more complicated to understand how to do a rating by using reverse cards. So it's just kind of whatever, you know, works for you there. Uh, and then you can also use clarification cards. And these ones are fun because sometimes you ask your deck a question and the deck gives you three cards and you're just like, I have no idea. Yeah what you want me to do yeah. and then you're like clarify this for me and you pull another card and then you're like oh that makes sense now yeah. or it still doesn't and you pull another card sometimes you, sometimes you end up with no clarification cards sometimes listen, you end up with 12 clarification it's the cards. police procedural equivalent of saying the word enhance 
You just, you do it mm -hmm. enough times until the murder is solved or whatever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You just like enhance. Enhance. Enhance? All right, I, 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 I get what you're saying now. Okay. I, 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 I can read the license plate number. That guy's arrested. Murder yeah. solved. Whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't know how that now, works. Now, that being said, the it's cards you, sometimes don't mean what the meaning of the card is. Sometimes the cards will give you a card, and it's more about the image of what is on the card than anything. So... Um, I had a, 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 I did a daily card pull one time and I was like, tell me what's in store for my day cards. And my cards were like, here is this, what was it? I think it was like the three of cups. It's the one where there's three ladies and they're holding three cups and they look like they're having a party. And I was just like, dope, I'm going to have a good day. Turns out we ended up having like a little happy hour drink after work with like me and like a couple other people from work uh, that was just sort of like impromptu and unplanned. So it's sometimes it's more about the physical representation of totally. what is on the card totally, than what the totally. meaning of the card is. Yeah. So it, don't stress yourself out about what they yeah, mean in that respect. You don't, you don't need to really like hold on too tight to the like kind of crazy details yeah. of it right it's the thing where it's like if you if you're if you're pulling some cards and you're feeling whatever this card you're looking at you're looking at the pictures and you're like i get what's going on i like this card right now and that card has a meaning that like is just you're not you're not vibing with or whatever then like maybe the card means what you thought it meant to begin with this one time i mean that's the thing with interpretation is that it's interpretive we can all just yeah sort of interpret yeah uh, it's in the word uh, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's why it's really important to write it down. So, like, yeah. everything we talk about, fire safety. Yeah. <laughs> Be safe with fire, guys. <laughs> Jesus. I have so many burns. Don't get burned. That's uh, hurts. And then we always talk about <laughs> writing it down. So, yeah, write, write it, it down. down. Now, it's important to write it down because sometimes what you see over time makes more sense. So when I had that daily card pull with the three of cups, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I, I get what this means. But really, the next day when I came back to look at it, I was like, I see what you're telling me, cards. I get it. Yeah. Um, so sometimes you have a greater, well, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? So sometimes you have a greater understanding of what the cards were trying to tell you after a certain amount of time. So sometimes I'll use a reading. I'll do a reading for myself and I'll leave it on my altar for a couple of days to kind of like let the idea behind it gel and sort of think about what it means. That way it kind of comes full yeah. circle. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't, don't do a reading every day. I read, yeah. I do, I'll do it. And then the, like this one that's been up here has been sitting here for like, I don't know, like three or four days or something. Yeah. I'll be gonna take it down today yeah. or tomorrow, do something new. You know, yeah. and some and sometimes I just clear it all off and it just sits empty for a bit. Yeah. So it's a great idea to write it down because when you come back to it and you should come back to your readings periodically, especially if you're doing it uh, uh, for like a question yeah. you know, or for an event that's happening in, in the world. Um, you know, that way you can kind of one, understand how your cards are communicating with you. But two, to see what that really looks like. I did a reading for a friend and when I first did this reading, I felt like I understood what it meant. Uh, and then I went back to it. The fr my friend and I were talking about, um, you know, something else, like a couple of months later. And uh, in talking to them 
and everything that had happened since the initial reading, I was like, oh, these cards make sense in an entirely different way now. Because sometimes when you're doing a reading, you're just like, I don't know what that is supposed to be telling me. Yeah. Uh, and then later on through time, you sort of get that. So it's a good idea to write down that stuff. If nothing else, so you can go back and look at it. And it's a good idea to go back and update and make notes uh, on it, especially if you're looking at question readings or theme readings or a reading for another person also. That way you can kind of understand what the cards are telling you in a more evolved sense. Totally, 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 yeah. I mean, listen, it's it's practice, it's repetition, and, you know, and it's analysis, and it's patience, and with time, you know, the understanding comes to you, and it's it's really that simple, mm -hmm. as unbelievably complex as that all actually is That's in right. practice. Um, but, yeah, either way, this has been a beginning tarot reading. This has yeah. been the very, very beginning of it, a light dusting of it. Um, we will probably, in the long run, go into detail into uh, suits and uh, major arcana. Uh, yeah, I mean, a we could do look. we could we could do a deep dive just into the into like the death card. Oh yeah, no question. There are some cards that you yeah, can just do a deep dive just on definitely. that one card. Uh, uh, at some point in time soon, we will do a part two for our tarot deck thing i have some new decks but i know i still have some decks and coming in the mail yeah um and and so does julie so like yeah. look forward to more of that and um you know if you guys are checking out our patreon we are going to have a uh, a book of shadows downloadable page for our patrons for this yeah uh, so we're that's getting together the... some for our previous ones and we're going to have a sort of cheat sheet for a beginner's guide to tarot reading yes. on there if yeah. you check out so our patreon. check out our patreon go there subscribe and get uh get that Get that dope uh, Book of Shadows content. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're moving forwards on that. Yeah. And um, our next uh, podcast is going to be in two weeks. Yes. If you're listening to us, uh, you know, as, as it comes out. And we're going to be talking about Ostara. Yeah. Ostara's next, guys. So yeah. let's, uh, let's get ready. Ostara 101. So a quick look. Well, as quick as any of us can possibly manage at this point in time. <laughs> look at Ostara. But... Um, either way, I have been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. Uh, this is the Horn and Cauldron podcast. Podcasts. And uh, yeah, stay fresh out there, guys. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye. Mm -hmm.